0: I liked Smallville because of the sappy, <laughs> the sappy love stuff, sappy high school stuff, which obviously we've established. But also because well, it was um, a family story, right? Of the Kents of uh, Clark Kent growing up as a teenager, and
1: you just like Kristen Kruk, dude. Let's be I, and, let's be well, real. You know that's
0: that was number one. Yeah, that's true.
1: Sure. Yo. <laughs> <sighs> For sure, me too, man.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Papa Culture. I'm Don.
1: And I'm Anton. We're,
0: t- we're two friends who happen to be dads that talk about various things about pop culture, whether it's TV, print, podcast, digital, sports, anything that is in within that realm of pop culture and discuss what everything might mean in the context of us being dads. And so Sunday is Father's Day, right? That's right. It's going to be my first Father's Day. And I honestly don't really do holidays too seriously but how has father's day been for you for the past few years being a father
1: you know father's day has been and i i feel like i'm the same as you where i don't think it's really that big of a deal Mm-mm. i i don't think tess and i are that kind of people who will, who will make a big thing out of it yeah um although you know jenny's of the age now where you know she's uh you know she's just she just started like a summer preschool program um and then you know schools do stuff like that like they'll they'll maybe make a card or something you know uh so yeah. i think i don't know i think it's going to change from uh from school from school age onward uh, father's day might be a little bit different because there's some sort of uh engagement and activity from the kids on on the school side i think yeah but you know father's day in the past has for me has just been a nice just day to just kind of relax you know i think my first father's day was uh um i think the world cup was on so Mm -hmm. all i wanted to do was just kind of hang out and watch uh world cup games, which I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I think it's different the last couple of years because wh- I now live in an, I now live in an area where I can spend it with my dad, mm-hmm. you know, my, my first father's day um, or maybe my first two father's days. I can't remember now, but, yeah i think my first two father's days i um it was just kind of me and Mm -hmm. then now that i'm in an area where i live close to my dad you know it might be changed so that i'd have to share the father's day right um so i think that that might be different moving forward Mm -hmm. um i will say it's nice when when you're the only father you know to share (laughs) it though you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's true.
0: Well, is Father's Day growing up was Father's Day big for you, or for your, nah, for your dad?
1: I don't. Yeah. Not really. Um, I think yeah. Mother's Day was the bigger one yeah. when I was growing up because yeah. my grandma lived um, close by, and then we'd do like a Mother's Day picnic where we'd get the family together, and you know that was you know the extended family together, and that was cool. Yeah but when a lot of the focus is on uh mother's day and you know rightfully so yeah you know sometimes father's day is an afterthought and which i'm okay with you know i'm i'm the type of person that doesn't really want a big deal made out of just me or you know like birthdays it's just like okay whatever yeah you know it's just
0: it's obligatory like
1: yeah
0: has mother's day been more prominent with you guys
1: Uh, A little bit, but nothing crazy. You know, we'll usually try and uh, do some sort of brunch or get her some Mm -hmm. delicious pastries or something because that's what Tessa really likes. We did like a Mother's Day shoot for Tessa's first Mother's Day. It wasn't a (laughs) shoot. It was just kind of like, hey, let's dress Ginny up. Let's put you here. Let's take a picture. It's your first first Mother's Day or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. but really it hasn't, but you know again, now that school or now mm-hmm. that you know Jenny's going to be uh, probably you know in school yep uh, there's I remember always having some sort of art class where we can make a card or mm-hmm. do some sort of project relating to that day
0: yeah on Friday, oh this year preschool on Friday.
1: No, it's it's Tuesday and Thursday. So I don't even know. Okay, well,
0: tomorrow she's going to have something in her backpack that that, has, that relates to Father's Day almost guaranteed.
1: Um I know because I'm going to be there with her. <laughs> I'm going am going to be the one taking her there and probably helping her make it. Oh nice. I'm going to be the one like holding her, her help holding her hand while she like spells yeah. out Happy Father's Day. So
0: So that that that, that better be the best card than in the in the classroom
1: <laughs> i know it's all good i'll pretend to be surprised when when i get it on sunday yeah. actually no I, on this sunday i'm actually um uh i'm working this sunday actually
0: nice. <laughs> you know one of the issues i've always had with father's day is i would try to get cards right yeah and the thing i noticed about father's day in particular, you know, I would be getting cards at Target or some mainstream places, and the greeting, the the mainstream greeting card industry in terms of fathers and men is just horrible.
1: No, I never noticed that.
0: So for me, there's always, oh, maybe I should say horrible for my perspective because a lot of the times the human Humorous ones, which I would go to. I I barely did any of the the emotional feeling kind of stuff. It was always some kind of silly joke. Right. And most of the humorous cards are either dad's going fishing, dad's going golfing, dad's breaking something, even though he's trying really hard to fix the plumbing or do something around the house, or kids are just go to him for money those are like the those are like the main things that are the themes of the jokes for father's day cards and for me i'm like mm, my dad doesn't really go fish fishing my dad doesn't really go golfing my dad when he tries to fix things he actually fixes it <laughs> and the money thing was always the joke but you know I well I can't say I didn't do that cuz I did but then at the end that that's pretty much the only kind of lane I could go down with buying a mainstream father's day card or birthday card at some point it just kind of frustrated me so I stopped buying cards cuz like this is just stupid <laughs> you know that's <laughs> like, interesting is...
1: that's interesting yeah. that you mention that those those are the themes that are covered in in cards because mm-hmm. There have been uh, a couple of like kids' TV shows that I get yeah. really annoyed because they make the dad look like they're he's super dumb. Uh-huh. Like Tess, um, not Tess, but Jenny uh, loves like Peppa Pig that show on Nickelodeon. <laughs> it's like, the, I mean. yeah, the English English yeah. uh, pig girl or whatever. But like right. the dad is so like incompetent, and he's like the the butt of all the jokes. And I am sitting there, and I am like, man. You know, the show's hella cute mm-hmm. because of the the little English the English accent on the on Peppa Pig. Yeah. But the dad is so dumb. He's made off to be so dumb. And there are other shows like that too that I remember like Ginny would be watching. I'm like, oh this is kinda cute and then there's like here goes, bungling dad mm-hmm. who just messes it up and then, you know, either mom or grandpa or grandma has to like clean it up. Right. And you know, obviously like the dad is lovable, but he's always dumb and I'm like, "Man, that's stupid. That's really annoying." Right. So it's interesting that that same through line yeah, happens with uh with the greeting card industry as well.
0: Right. right. Well, it's kind of like that's the the default for for fathers for whatever reason. And you know, I know that a lot of fathers fish and go golfing and are gung-ho about fixing things and end up not fixing them but there's so many uh, you know that's
1: like three things right
0: and there's so many other things that our dads could represent that could be made fun of in a you know obviously in an an endearing way yeah i feel you Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) you know let me ask you this i had a coworker. Uh, and this was when mother's day was coming around right like i, I work with this guy and i was like hey so um are you guys doing anything for mother's day and then he was like oh no nah, i'm just taking the kids while my wife goes and basically just has a day i was like mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. that's weird you're not even going to like do anything as a family she's like no nah, it's mother's day and i was like wait no that doesn't that doesn't track for me because i've always thought of it as like it's the time where you as a family kind of celebrate and honor mom right but the way that he like his point of view was you know yeah you know she's the mom so she gets her day to do whatever she wants Mm -hmm. and that happens to be not be around the kid or not not be around the family and I was like oh that's interesting that's very that's the, almost the opposite of how i would look at it but you know maybe that kind of does make sense mm-hmm. so i don't know what do you think do you like if if you had your choice of a, of of father's day would it be like hey is it your is it your break or is it the day mm-hmm. where you're hanging out with the family
0: I think I definitely would want would rather do something with the family. And I I with no judgments of if you want to take a break right, cuz right. I have no beef with anyone that wants to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> totally understandable. But I, I think I'd rather we do something that that was fun for the whole family and not just some, focused on me. So if if our family tradition is we're going to go to a baseball game every Father's Day, then do I'm totally down with that. For sure. Rather than Malcolm expecting to find me some really cool gift or me, which, you know, I think our kids are going to eventually do that because that's kind of human nature. Right. But I'd rather we do something really fun that all of us can enjoy.
1: What about doing things with other that, da- other dads and their families? Like for example, I am, we, yeah. like if uh, it's just to, kind of shout out Willie again since we haven't mentioned him in a while mm-hmm. but like what if it was like hey let's let's go have a barbecue at at Willie's house and yeah to celebrate father's day that'd be that'd be fun
0: yeah or like you know all of our or not all but most of our friends within our circles has played softball right yeah so if,
1: that'd be really cool too we had some kind of like
0: softball game and As the years go on, the kids can play, get involved, right? That'd be a lot of fun rather than just obligatory bad cards and
1: like crowded. Yeah. Like brunch brunch at a crowded restaurant or something. Right. Yeah. Dude, that'd be pretty fun. Have like a father's day, father's activity day or something like that.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And with, with all the family,
1: yeah man even the non obviously the non-dads can are gonna come and yeah like if they don't have their own little uh father's day obligations it'd be really cool to just be able to do that
0: yeah so yeah that, that that would that would be a lot more meaningful and fun to me than.
1: yep absolutely
0: um that'd be really fun man yeah You were talking about representation of dads. I thought it'd be fun to look at some of the pilot descriptions for basically the the upfronts for the 2017-2018 TV season. Okay. Which I was hella into way back when. We, We mentioned Tim Goodwin before on the podcast who used to write for the chronicle before he moved on to
1: hollywood reporter yeah hollywood
0: reporter and so i learned about the upfronts from him in his very snarky (laughs) way of covering them
1: super snarky
0: um but it was it was fun to just hear and read concepts of tv even if they were completely off the wall or things that Oh, this would be really, really, really interesting. I'm gonna add this to my list of shows to watch. Yeah. And this is before cable went kind of crazy with heck of TV and content. And this is before Netflix this is before streaming options. Right. So um, I actually haven't read upfront or TV information in a really long time. So it was kind of fun to do it for this for this practice or process okay so but i pulled out some ones that are particularly interesting to me and that may or may not relate to parenthood but before we go i wanted to highlight one because when i was reading the pilots i was kind of cracking up at this one this tv show is called is is for deception it's going to be on abc
1: so the log okay okay
0: and it's actually ordered to series so it's definitely it's been picked up okay The logline goes, when his career is ruined by scandal, superstar magician Cameron Black has only one place to turn to, practice his art of deception, illusion, and influence, the FBI. He'll become the world's first consulting illusionist, helping the government solve crimes that defy explanation and trap criminals and spies by using deception.
1: Dude, is that like, that sounds like a subplot in Arrested Development. <laughs> it sounds like a three episode oh, uh, plot arc for, for Job in Arrested Development. Yeah. Especially since it's using I, like illusion.
0: It's the best because it says turn or turn to practices art of deception, illusion, and influence dash, you know, the dramatic dash in writing. Right that the eye <laughs> i just had to highlight that because that cracked me up and then i realized all of the abc log lines out of all the networks
1: <laughs> so what's the name of the magician or the illusionist
0: cameron black
1: cameron black all right so is this this is uh i mean this is like straight up right this isn't a mock or like mockumentary or comedy or
0: this is this is their it's obviously gonna be a procedural
1: okay well because you know they did have some stuff that was a little bit off the wall like abc had better off better off ted which Mm -hmm. was quirky which Mm -hmm. i liked actually when it was quirky um hmm this is this is played straight okay yeah
0: well quirky is cool but yes. for for a procedural this actually to me it 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 it, it has more of a cbs vibe
1: <laughs> it de- it definitely has more of a cbs vibe. i agree with you completely there it doesn't seem like it would be on abc
0: but this told magician thing I'm sure it's gonna be better and
1: well, you know um, if I could kind of see it if it's like in the same tone as castle hmm yeah, right yeah, yeah, and maybe that's what they're going for since castle is yeah. no longer, but I mean still it sounds ridiculous I mean what i'm I'm having trouble with like the the overarching storyline for this right. guy like so right. he's going to be consulting each, for the fbi
0: each mystery or each crime is going to be solved with some level of magician tricks <laughs>
1: <laughs> i wonder if it's because like um the popularity of the now you see me franchise yeah. i've never seen those movies but i yeah, assume I have
0: well, and the magicians on sci-fi seems to be really popular, which is something I'd like to get into at some point once I get through some of my priorities. Um, but I guess magic's back in. Well, I mean, Harry Potter, Harry Potter was there, but... I don't know. But I, I'm not even hating on the show. It's, it's just the way that it was written and just made me
1: I'm a hard pass
0: <laughs> yeah well my notes were no I'm not watching it <laughs>
2: all
0: right so these next ones are more of the pilots that I pulled out that were more dad centric there are other shows involved parents and families and stuff but these are the ones that I'm more interested in so, this one's called Startup. And it is described by, based on the podcast Startup, the comedy revolves around Alex Schulman, an inquisitive journalist, husband, and father who dives headfirst into the brave new world of entrepreneurship when he quits his stable job and starts his own business. And so, this one is a single camera comedy. Okay. And the one up the reason I pulled this one out is because it stars Zach Braff.
1: oh all right okay
0: yeah. so network uh I think this is ABC okay and so one of it's not exactly produced by Bill Lawrence but it is there is a former scrubs producer that is one of the producer the executive producers of the show hmm. and so it's going to be a kind of a welcome back to tv for zach braff who we've kind of seen grow up grow up on tv and movies
1: right right
0: is they're not a trilogy of movies but they his three films that he wrote and directed captured very very distinct points in in development because he was really young in Garden State. The last kiss, he was older, and then his the last one he did was he was a father, right, right, and the whole process. So, I'm definitely interested in this just because I Zach Braff is my dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll cape for Zach Braff all day long. To be honest, yeah. Well, more. Yeah. More, John Dorian, um, JD, yep. but definitely, uh, I, I Garden State was was my jam when it mm-hmm. when it came out too. Yeah, yeah, and then I listened Dang. to the commentary of uh, the director's commentary with Nelly Port, but it got kind of creepy. <laughs> um,
0: I I actually remember watching that too. And I don't remember the creepy part because maybe I stopped watching it, but I did remember watching the director's cut of that or the director's commentary of that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I'm in for that. I'd say. Yeah. You know, it was and funny. it doesn't talk. To... Oh, go ahead. You know, I think we had a maybe this was a discussion on on one of the Facebook comments about one of the episodes, but we were on, on one of the pop culture episodes and we were talking about maybe what TV shows we miss and scrubs mm-hmm. is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, uh,
0: yeah,
1: I'd be, I mean, I'm into that. If it's it's ABC, former, mm-hmm. former scrubs producer,
0: mm-hmm. single camera,
1: single camera, comedy, comedy, um, you know, and as someone who quit a job to start a business, uh, hmm. you know, it seems like it's right up my alley, man. I think this yeah, was, uh, fun. this show was made for me, even though I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure that the company that, uh, Zach Braff's character is starting is not a video company, but, right, you know, but I think I can relate.
0: The spirit is there.
1: Yeah. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic.
0: Yeah. I'm optimistic. A lot of the other comedies really didn't really speak to me because I like sitcoms, but I don't watch them very often. But um, oh, Zach Graff being on this.
1: Yeah. Also, if it's not clear to the listeners, I'm not aware of, like, I haven't seen this list yet. Yeah, so right, I'm basically right. coming in cold and you're essentially pitching these shows to me based on on the research you've done right
0: yeah yeah so that's that i think it's. i think it's the only half hour comedy that i have on this list um so the next one is black lightning black lightning which is it's a dc comics property okay so this is gonna be on the cw so it's described jeff pierce He hung up the suit and his secret identity years ago, but with the daughter hell-bent on justice and a star student being recruited by a local gang, back into the fight as the wanted vigilante and DC legend, Black Lightning.
1: Okay, so I can see the... Like father being reluctant to mm-hmm. let the daughter take on the... Does the daughter know that that's who he was?
0: Not sure.
1: Huh. Okay. So... You
0: don't know. That's I'll, another... Probably not.
1: Yeah. That adds a layer of complexity oh, yeah. and uh, tension. Interest, so is, this... interest is peaked, but mm-hmm. um, we'll probably say that it's uh, not my cup of tea, but... yeah interest has peaked for sure so but it is dc do you know if it is it uh in the same cinematic or cinematic Mm -hmm. universe as everyone else
0: it's sort of in a way i've read some headlines that said that black lightning probably won't be as directly involved or have as many crossovers as like say arrow and the flash have had supergirl has done one or two episodes of crossover with arrow i think but arrow universes are pretty intertwined where they not often but they'll have enough where they'll they'll have guest spots with regulars from the other shows but i heard for this one it's produced by the same folks so it's or executive produced by the same folks. So it's still within that Greg Berlancy verse that they're not going to do crossovers. Um, but, you know, that's for one season. I'm sure that at some point they're probably going to want to do crossovers. Um, the difference here is obviously one is that, oh, we didn't, I didn't mention it, is that Black Lightning is actually um, a black character, which, you know, as in comics, there's not many is and so uh, i was trying to think about like with the dc or marvel tv shows whether they were good or not or whether they lasted or not this is probably gonna be the first time that the main superhero is a person of color um and he's actually a lot older than Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Clark Kent in Smallville. Um, I won't count Gotham because Bruce Wayne as a superhero is a, is a kid. The, that one features um, the police officers. This is going to be the first time that really the, the, the main lead superhero is actually older.
1: Does it list who's uh, playing him?
0: It's um, Cress Williams. He was in Heart of Dixie. So I don't know who he is in particular, but uh, his daughter sounds like she is in high school. So he has to be at least in his his 40s. Gotcha. In his 40s. Interesting. um, as As another angle is that you don't well you don't see superheroes that are not white uh, as often on tv or in general in comic books but also that he's older right Uh, i'm definitely gonna check it out i'm not sure if i'll stay on um i like family aspects of the the superhero shows more than i actually like the, the random or all the different different stuff um
1: I'd be interested yeah. to see I'm interested in the timing of it all with regard mm-hmm. to how old his daughter was when he basically retired you know mm. right. right yeah maybe
0: he retired when he was, she was born and so I don't he's know been if out of,
1: yeah so he's been out of the game for like a long time you know
0: right? we don't know if they'll do flashback things which you know be helpful or not but yeah all right that's all that's against CW. all right all right so the next one this one did not get picked up but actually aired a couple last week on espn it's called jalen versus everybody
1: i did watch this though and it was funny i I laughed i laughed
0: i totally forgot to tape it but i saw the the clip that they were showing with him and kobe
1: yeah, and the eighty-one olives. That was great. Like, oh,
0: that is super great. um But the the log line doesn't really say that much. It's the comedy stars former NBA player and current ESPN personality Jalen Rose as he sh- juggles his career responsibilities with the challenges of being a single dad. But if this got picked up, I would totally watch this. Just yeah. from being a fan of Jalen Rose when he came out of when he was part of the Fab Five and came out. Um, my coworker and I were just actually talking about the Jalen Rose jersey and how I wanted it in high school, um, and so, and then that clip with Kobe,
1: I'm like, oh,
0: obviously Jalen's not an actor, but I would I would have I would have bought in. <laughs> no,
1: nah, he's he's actually really good in it. it. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, what's funny about it is uh david jacoby his host on Jalen and jacoby is played by mm. one of the actors from Mad huh. so it's weird because it's supposed to be david jacoby but it's not his <laughs> face but then david yeah. jacoby shows up uh as a waiter <laughs> in uh, in one of the scenes yeah. it, it's funny dude i i think jalen rose i think he can make something out of himself after seeing this it's It's also weird because like you see e s p n personalities that that you know, like rachel Nichols is in yeah. it, like ramona Shelburne's in it mm-hmm. and um it's it's they're just all these personalities that I've kind of grown to know uh over the past couple of years through like basketball podcasts and and stuff like that, and you know right. understanding their writing and kind of seeing them on screen and then this thing was it was pretty funny. It's like, definitely has that 30 Rock type vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nowhere That's near what our, I got no, out of that. Yeah, clip. nowhere near as sharp, I mean, yeah. But, you know, it. Uh, it's definitely 30 Rock's offspring.
0: I yeah. know. It's, I wonder why ESPN just doesn't, pick it up themselves and air on ESPN. I mean, uh, on ABC, I could see it not being as big of a job. Cause and ESPN people are NBA people who the hell knows Jalen Rose, right? Right. Like ESPN doesn't have hella channels to air it. And they could put on ESPN too, and then put it in between some of the 30 for 30s or
1: Yeah, totally. Or, you know, like what they did was like uh, put it, air it right after the jump.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, if they know that they're, but maybe it's also because the budget for a show like that is probably way higher than the jump or, Mm -hmm. or something. But so they you know, I, I can understand why they won't because it's, it's weird because they're, I'm sure they're saving a ton of money by shooting in the ESPN LA offices, like the over there in LA live or wherever it is. Yeah. i'm sure they're saving yeah. a ton of money just by shooting there yeah. but you know like draymond's in it Um oh. like he's in the in the first episode was really funny it was like a really short scene but it, it was so like on brand too um you know kobe's in it and mm-hmm. larry bird's in it you know so <laughs> getting all these people they'll probably do it for cheap and it'll be all fun but it'll probably it could probably get expensive yeah. but yeah I would have totally been in yeah I feel like they yeah,
0: well I mean obviously I don't know their budget they they just fired every, like hell of people but it seems like
1: they fired everyone just to make that show
0: <laughs> it really was Jalen versus everybody
1: yeah yeah R- R.I.P. Ethan Strauss and uh, mm-hmm. John Clayton
0: Race Waters
1: Prim Cerepipat uh, who else well anyway r.i.p those espn personalities yeah. uh well you know if even though they're not dead they're just like right no no longer the company that's that's what i mean
0: even if they well for the show even if they don't do obviously they don't pick it up to be a full series i, I hope that they do skits with him
1: yeah they could totally like... make skits
0: it could be Jalen versus everybody, period. And then instead of twenty-two minute shows, they'll do five to seven minute segments. They could probably then, do web series, right? They could know. do web series, and then if, if if it generates a lot of interest, then they could go back to the idea of turning it into a full-on show. Because yeah, I, I didn't watch any of it, but except for that clip, that I'd totally be down to support that. <laughs>
1: It was pretty funny, man. I gotta, I gotta give it up. I, I laughed.
0: Yeah. Well, the cool, what I liked about that scene with him and Kobe was Jalen's facial expression.
1: He did his
0: reactions to the eighty-one olive, and then Kobe, <laughs> t- totally selling it too.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. Now Jalen does a good job in, in it. There are other opportunities where he's able to do that. Uh, in that episode so I'm a fan
0: I, I need to find it because I was I I realized I didn't record it and hopefully they play it again somewhere or put it online because I, I want to watch it
1: yeah I don't even have a DVR but I just got I just lucked out into it yeah I just happened to check Twitter at the time we're like oh yeah Jalen versus everybody airing after the, after whatever after the jump and I'm like oh I just happened to be uh, yeah. available to watch it
0: nice so there's two more of the dead ones. So I'll, I'll read one of them. So this one's called Rise. This one also has been picked up. And I think this is NBC. Based on the book by Michael Sokolov and Life Rights of Lou Volpe, or Volpe, the drama is inspired by a true story and revolves around a working class high school drama department and the students who come alive under a passionate teacher and a family man whose dedication to the program galvanizes the entire town.
1: So like a dead poet society type?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like dead poet society slash glee without the singing and the snark and the off the wall stuff.
1: Hmm. NBC. Mm-hmm. Who's the the talent involved? And So the decide?
0: lead the 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 teacher is um Josh Joshua Radner from How I Met Your Mother. Ted Ted Mosby, Architect.
1: Oh, I can't stand that dude.
0: <laughs> well, that that might be a big <laughs> that might be a big issue then. Yeah. But he is he is the
1: okay
0: yeah well he was also in mean girls now was it mean girls i
1: don't remember oh, he was
0: he was in some teen movie or maybe he was not another teen movie but um the why this is well i obviously we all know that i like high school based dramas, but um the executive producer of this is um i forgot his full name but he's the one that produced um Friday Night Lights and Parenthood.
1: Dude, you know what? I was just about to ask. Is like, is it Peter Berg, or I think that's not name, Peter
0: right? Berg. It's the other guy. Peter Berg is the actor who does a lot, and and the director now who does a lot of the shaky cam. So it's what's his name? Something Cat, Cadams or something? Oh, Jason Cadams. Yeah, yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. Cadams.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: so that kind of added more interest for me, just because. He does I, I haven't watched Friday Night Lights, although I hear a lot of good things about it from
1: Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think Except from for you. the second season. The second season was there we go. <laughs> Yeah, the, the second season was in the middle of the writer's strike, so they they did some weird stuff there, but Yeah. Jason so Katum's that. that was Kadams, it's yeah. so weird when you were when you were describing this and I was like, Oh, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. the same I wonder if it, it would be like the same dude from Friday night lights.
0: Right. So that, that, well, not Friday night lights, but from, from parenthood, which, um, I liked a lot.
1: Yeah. In terms I, of I was family. In, comedy. I was in, definitely in on parenthood for a little while, but yeah. then I got really, then it got super sad and I was like, I don't know if I can do this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 it always bounced back and forth between some of the dramedy, oh, well, the, the comedy and the drama, which is why I like liked it. And then they didn't necessarily do too much hardcore um, infighting with between the the siblings. Um, yeah,
1: that was a good cast too. The Parenthood cast was really good. Mm-hmm. Like all those, so- gen- all the generations were really good.
0: Yeah, they all. Yeah, and I, you know, it took a while for me to recognize that the mom and that the matriarch in that show is um, John McClain's wife. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, that's the. There's not too much uh, outside of. I, I think if I read this description and it didn't involve primarily that executive producer it wouldn't be a wouldn't have been as of as much interest to me i
1: agree i agree
0: but because i've seen that kind of family drama comedy drama a lot of respect um i I definitely would take a shot at this one perspective
1: you know like you should watch Friday Night Lights. Yeah, you should definitely get that on the list. Yeah, i'd I'd be interested in rewatching it now that I'm a dad. To be honest, really? Yeah, because uh, a lot, you know, there's a lot of drama that happens within that show. You know, between the the students and their parents, and you know how the parents deal with each other and how they deal with their kids and. I think it'd be really interesting to kind of rewatch that through now that I'm a dad.
0: Hmm. Is it still on Netflix?
1: I don't know, actually.
0: Okay. Maybe one of them, maybe it's on Amazon. I didn't watch it, but it just, maybe I'll just, you so su- you suggest that I should just skip season two since it was interrupted by the writer's strike.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm I might I might hit up Reddit and see if they've if they have like lists of what what episodes to skip. Mhm. Um the internet has been really good about that. I did that for uh The Clone Wars right before Rogue One came out. Mhm. Um I hadn't seen I hadn't seen The Clone Wars, but I was like watching Star Wars Rebels. So I wanted to kind of get some kind of the full backstory to see if I could, you know, if if there would be any Easter eggs. So I went on Reddit and then I said, I don't want to watch all of the Clone Wars. What should I watch? And then it gave Uh like the two to three episode story arcs or whatever to just like stick to. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful. I'm I'm wondering yeah. if there's going to be something like that for Friday Night Lights.
0: Probably. I mean, that's one of the great things with Reddit is that there's always an answer.
1: <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right.
0: So the one that I pulled out for the dad ones that I'm, per, I'm interested in is uh, it's called The Gifted. And so this is on Fox. It revolves around two ordinary parents who discover their children possess mutant powers. Forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with the underground network of mutants and must fight to survive.
1: Is this a Marvel property, or is mm-hmm.
2: it? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: It's within the. It's it's. She's involved in the story or the development, but it it's within the Brian Singer verse of X Men
1: stuff. Hmm. Who's involved?
0: Um I don't exactly know. Let me I didn't pull it up. But one of the actresses one of the leads is Amy Acker.
1: Oh, I like her.
0: Mm-hmm. None of the EPs really stand out to me, other than Brian Singer. There's Jeff Loeb, who's an, a comic book writer, and he's been heavily involved with Marvel TV. Stephen Moyer is one of the actors.
1: He's um, He was in True Blood, right?
0: Oh, he was the, um, the lead, right? The lead.
1: Yes, I think so, yeah.
0: With the sideburns. Yes. Yes. And Jamie Chung is in it, so. Okay. That might be an automatic plus anyway, but it's the X Men verse, which you know Legion's a little bit more on the fringes. Yeah. Um, but this is obviously a family show, or, or an adventure drama, drama that's revolves around a family.
1: tough that it's on fox because i feel like they've Mm -hmm. they seem to have had a lot of like high concept you know sci-fi stuff that either is a huge hit or doesn't do well at all right like Mm -hmm. x-files like fringe right um and then well, Sarah Connor Chronicles and then
0: um right right
1: it, it seems like i wonder if it would be along the Sarah Connor Chronicles like look and look and feel which right. i actually enjoyed um for most of it most of it i enjoyed some of it was weird
0: mm-hmm. well it looks like i'm reading this article that it was written by one of the the producers or writers was came from Burn Notice.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: And the pilot was directed by Singer, so he actually was pretty heavily involved in it, um, at least from the pilot and yeah. So at least you know that they're putting in their their resources into it. Right. Yeah. So what do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna check that one out or is that a pass too?
1: I'm not watching that pilot. I'm I don't mm-hmm. know. Like I, maybe I'm not so not too big into comic book properties yeah. these days.
2: Yeah,
1: I think of of the ones that you listed. Definitely the uh, the magician one. I'm all in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. Well, there's one. go go ahead no i'm gonna say like i think the the startup or the zach braff one is going to be the one that i'm probably going to be circling
0: yeah i think that was definitely the one that i'm most excited about and i will give the rest of them a try i'll probably give black lightning a longer
1: try oh yeah that would that would just sound interesting too
0: So you to roll into what we're
1: into? Yeah, you know, I haven't really been into too much. I am still kind of reeling from that leftovers uh, series finale, which aired Mm-mm. almost a couple of weeks ago now, a week and a half, over Mm-mm. a week and a half ago. Um, been reading a lot of pieces about it from critics. Listen to some podcasts as well. And, um, yeah, man, that's a show I'm going to miss a lot. Uh, and I think it's going to be one where I'll, I'll revisit maybe in a few months and just kind of plow through, um, you know, now that I know kind of what happened, it'll be really cool to, to kind of go through and, and see all the seeds that were being planted. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because another thing that I've been listening to lately is uh, The Ringer released a podcast with Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion, who are, are basically the experts from the After the Thrones show on HBO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're doing a rewatch of all the seasons of Game of Thrones leading up Mm-mm. to you know, the seventh season in July that premiere and then so they go through each episode with a recap and then they talk about kind of thematically what the episode's about. Um like lots of spoilers for it's a rewatch, so it assumes that everyone has already seen it, but it they're kind of re looking at each episode and each each character and each little plot point. Um understanding that it's gonna like and how it plays with where the current state of affairs are and with the book so it's a nice i was really into those books when i was reading them Mm -hmm. and obviously really into the show so it's kind of nice to have a a well put together package of it's basically cliff notes right Mm -hmm. for each episode as, as you go through so that's kind of been what I've been kind of consuming over the last few days, hmm. last few weeks. Yeah. What about nice. you? You' been doing anything or into anything? i
0: have I've been reading a bunch of stuff i've been I, I, I've been kind of plowing through some of the books, some graphic novels I've had that I've really wanted to read, and they've been good, but they haven't necessarily like blown my my mind or anything so i don't mm. feel a, a big need to mention I, they're always fun to read so I, I i don't have problems with reading fun stories but i you talk about leftovers and we've talked about leftovers a lot i finally sat down and had some um awake time right this past Saturday, because Hung went to... So Malcolm was asleep. Hung went to dinner with her girls. So... It was like 7 o'clock, 7.30, where I was still awake. Mm-hmm. I saw, I watched episode 5, Gladys, of Leftovers, and episode 6 of season Nora, when she one. went to... Uh, season 1, when she went to that conference in New York. Yeah. And the Those two episodes, I really, really enjoyed. Um, The Gladys one, it kind of, I caught me off guard because it was super violent in the beginning. But I think at that point for me, the, the story kind of took a turn because I actually then started to get more invested in the characters. And I think that's the issue with a lot of new shows and ones that are super methodical, like Leftovers. Is that sometimes the the character, the connection to the characters takes a while, and if I don't have that connection with the characters, then I, it's a struggle for me to, do it. Um, but, since so the, I'm pretty much, I'm I'm connected now, and I am gonna, yeah, probably get through most Good. of the seasons within the next couple of weeks because the great thing about leftovers is that they only have 30 episodes. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. It's, um, so I definitely can I mean, catch up and it's, it's a heavy oh, 30 is, for
1: sure, but right.
0: I like, the, Oh, here it is. There's my aha moment for watching and enjoying it.
1: Yeah. Um, that's probably where I was too, because I think I was like maybe midway through level four, to level midway through episode four when i was just like okay you know where's this gonna go and then right. at some point it kicks in and then it just never stops man yep. um and you know season one is heavy uh two yeah. and three are but it lightens up a little bit and just enough yeah. so that it just kind of just keeps you in a good groove from week to week and uh I'm it it was it's been cool watching it the last couple of seasons where I, when I can read some analysis and, and uh reactions to each episode. But, you know, like all the other shows that I really have loved, I can't wait mm-hmm. to kind of revisit it in a few months right. or even in a couple of maybe, maybe next year and then just like plow through Mm -hmm. and, and kind of binge, um, you know, just to, just to do that. Yeah.
0: I've wanted to do that with Battlestar Galactica. Um, and I started here and there, but I just never committed to just watching it again, which this one has a lot more episodes, but I I want to do that at some point.
1: You know that might be a fun that might be a fun exercise to do together because I I haven't rewatched it since either. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, that their pilot was one of the best pilots on TV. I think. Yeah. Um, how many episodes per season was that?
0: They essentially I think it was about twenty-two to twenty-four.
1: <sighs> yeah, that's that's a lot.
0: Yeah, because the last, but the last few, I think they had five full episodes. Oh, sorry, five full seasons, but the last season was split into thirteen episodes or something like that. Hmm. And so, even though they started a year apart, they were still quote unquote still part of the same same season.
1: Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, but it's definitely. A longer haul because there's for sure 50 episodes at minimum but yeah I, 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 I that was one of the shows that really got me into higher concept TV with yeah I was all like all in with a lot of sci fi shows at the time before they changed their their name and their logo. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: <laughs> when it became S Y F Y. Yeah.
0: And there were still some shows after that, but then I I was looking at the the upfronts for Sci Fi this year and one of they have a big I think they have a big tempo one that they really want to run with is it's Krypton so it's basically a super it's a superman story but primarily about Krypton and his grandfather and I'm like I honestly don't give a crap about any Krypton stuff when it was about in Smallville when I watched it in, in Supergirl when I watched it in other movies I like I really don't care about his kryptonian family
1: <laughs> well yeah because the the draw is how how they become how they uh acclimate to being human right yeah. like that's yeah. that's the yeah. complete draw of superman right. and yeah uh, and, and Cause even in
0: comic or, books uh, i was like i don't really care about this krypton story <laughs> yeah so that's what i've been into i'm gonna um i'm definitely gonna finish season one I think by the end of this weekend. Yeah, so I'm kind of getting into it the same way I did with Breaking Bad because I didn't watch a single episode of Breaking Bad until the day after the season finale aired.
1: <laughs> the series finale, or the yeah?
0: Oh my bad! It's the series finale. Series finale. Oh
1: wow, that's
0: that through midway of season two, and then it just got super intense where I had to take a breather.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I reviewed
0: season three, and then I just hauled, it, hauled it for the rest of it, and just couldn't stop.
1: Yeah, well, then you probably saved yourself a lot of the Facebook. I mean, how how did you deal with all the like people talking about on Facebook? Because I think oh, I, just, I finally I... watched it because I'm like, okay, stop fucking talking about Breaking Bad already. I'll, yeah. I'll watch it.
0: I just ignored it, even like with Game of Thrones, because usually I end up watching it later that night or sometime in that week. I just uh, I just go Twitter silent for a while or Facebook silent for a while until I catch up to that show, so I don't get any. Um... Although it's it's tough because then yeah, I, I accidentally I can accidentally log in and get the East Coast reactions and go oh, shit, something's gonna happen today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some someone's going to die some crazy death and it just got spoiled and I could probably guess who's going to be yeah cool you want to roll into the dead moments
1: yeah sure so I think the biggest dead moment for me was that uh, I actually got sick last mm-hmm. week and had to postpone a recording and this is this this is really weird because i got sick i think i caught the flu a couple of months Ooh. ago and i got oh. a flu shot mm-hmm. uh, wait did i get a flu shot or no i thought i got a flu shot anyway so i got i, I got uh i caught something And, um, you know, I, for a long time I was, I thought my immune system was good. I'd only get maybe sick once a year and it knocked me out for like four days or something, whatever. Or maybe it wasn't even once a year. Maybe it was every other year. I don't, I don't remember, but I remember last week I started to get like a little tickle in my throat and then it turned into like a pretty bad cold and it was really 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 annoying yeah when you got to take care of two kids Mm. and and you're sick so you're obviously trying Mm. to avoid getting your kids sick right um and you're still trying to have enough energy to take care of the kids and have your immune system fight off this virus is is it's pretty rough man like shouts yeah. to all the parents who have to battle through that because man it's it's pretty rough i mean that was one thing but that wasn't even the worst dad moment um it's going to get real for a second i know we're not all i know we talk about like silly stuff with tv but yeah. um it's going to get real for a, a second yeah uh, things uh i mean things are good now so i can talk about it but uh, um so uh last sunday i was uh i was working i've been taking uh, a couple of uh, jobs working on a indie indie film that's filming here in the area one of my buddies patricio is shooting his film Hmm. and um so i've been working on it and then i got a phone call (coughs) from tess like who was Um, you know, pretty. Let's see, what's the what's the best word? I got a very distressed phone call. Mm. Um, because one of our dogs, Lucy, got like hit by a car right outside of our house. Mm -hmm. So, I had to like leave work. I, you know, Tess asked me to come home to just kind of be around and help or whatever. So. You know, it was like, I leave and I get in the car and I'm obviously I'm thinking the worst, right? Like, Oh my God, you know, she got hit, you know, Lucy didn't survive, whatever. Um, so it just runs through my head like, okay, so, you know, did Ginny see it? You know, Mm -hmm. how do I, you know, like what? do I say like who saw it? I, I didn't really know anything. All I know was that uh, Lucy got hit by a car. I didn't need to get to come home. Um, but Lucy was going to a hospital. So I know I knew for a fact that, you know, Lucy didn't die because of the, the impact, but was going right. to the hospital, but I didn't really know right. what was going on. So on the drive home, and, you know, it wasn't even that far away. I was like, maybe it took me 10 minutes to get home because I was working close by. So I'm just thinking about all these things like, you know, how do I explain, you know, when a pet dies, Mm -mm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's something like Tessa and I have kind of talked about in the general sense, right? Like, oh, man, it's going to be really tough when you know, the dogs are old enough where, and they have to pass on and how old are the kids going to be and will they understand? But something like this was like so shocking, you know? Right, right. So I get home and Tess gives me the rundown of what happened and then basically Ginny saw everything. Oh, cool. You know, like there's a lot of blood and then it's just kind of like, oh, shoot. you know, like what what do we say, you know? And I think we just settled on like, oh, you know, Lucy's sick; she's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even at that point, we weren't really sure what Ginny saw or what right. she understood happened, right? right? So we just had to go with like, okay, well, you know, Lucy's sick; Grandma's with her; you know, taking her to the hospital, uh, and. Yeah, and then I think over the next couple of days, like, it was pretty clear that Ginny understood what happened or could re- basically recap all the events. Like, the dog, like, Lucy ran out of the house, ran across the street, there was a car there, and then she saw Grandma basically pick Lucy up from the from the street and there's a lot of blood mm-hmm. and there was like ever like people were crying right mm-hmm. so i'm like okay so Ginny knows what was up really and um you know thankfully you know there was no i think i think we i think lucy was very lucky right i mean again i don't know i wasn't there i don't think tess really saw it it was only grandma and um Jenny, who actually saw it, and then a few other people outside. So, you know, don't know how fast the car was going. Don't know how fast Lucy was going. Don't know exactly how or, you know, how it all really happened exactly. But, you know, Lucy was in the hospital for maybe, maybe two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she seems to be okay. There was uh, uh, she lost a lot of blood. There wasn't really any broken bones. Mm. So very, very lucky. But I think there right. might be like nerve damage on the side of her, uh, the face that she got right. hit. But she seems normal for now. As she, mm. And she's still kind of recovering, right? Right. Um. But yeah, you know, it's like, it's one of those moments where you don't really know what to what to do or what to say. Right. Right. and there was like this feeling of just hopelessness um and it really just kind of confusion because i'm like i mean i wasn't even there you know what i mm-hmm. mean yeah you know so i'm relying on what tess knows of the situation and you know, again tested to see it she came out because she was i think changing ellis or nursing ellis at the time but she heard a commotion and then she ended up coming out. And then I think what, what Tess saw was that the accident had already happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, so then she came down. Um, But yeah, and and, you know, this, this isn't necessarily a dad moment. This is just like a parenting moment in general of just like, how do we explain a situation like that? And, you know, I think we ended up saying, that like it was okay for, for Ginny to be sad, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. you know we were all sad, right? right? And then um, it was just kind of a lot of asking questions like, "Oh, Ginny, are you sad?" And she'll say, "Yeah," and then we'll ask why, and she's like, "Oh, well, you know, Lucy's in the hospital," mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it was funny because it's like she. Understood the consequences because what had happened was grandma and Jeannie were basically downstairs outside playing with bubbles, and then the door was the front door was open, mm-hmm. and then there was a dog that was walking across the street a small dog. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, the dogs they act up or whatever, mm-hmm. but because the door was open, like they darted out to try and i don't know i guess mess with the dog that was walking out there right you know right. so and then everything happened so then later jenny was saying stuff like okay the next time i go play bubbles or go go play with the bubbles outside you know the dogs will stay inside because mm-hmm. she knows like don't bring them out there because something might happen right and, and so we're just like yeah okay yeah for sure you know we'll, we'll, we'll just leave the dogs inside or if we bring them out we'll put their leashes on so they don't you know so we can keep an eye on them so it's been i would say like ginny has been okay overall mm-hmm. and especially now that lucy's home and for the most part you know things are kind of back to normal you know it's like there's like a huge bullet that we dodged, with mm-hmm, regard mm-hmm. to just talking about mortality in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have gone second because that's pretty. Um, that's a pretty heavy dad moment.
0: That's pretty well, and it kind of it. No, it doesn't matter matter <laughs> who you went it. it is a heavy dad moment because it's on on, on multiple levels because obviously with you and Tess being pet owners, you've already been parents to living things, right? Yeah, right. And so that the the thing that was also striking me was that you you couldn't even put all your emotions into being sad or scared for Lucy because you had to figure out how to best console and support Ginny through the process.
1: I didn't even think about that, but that's completely true.
0: Yeah. And so like, obviously you care about Lucy a lot and, you know, fortunately she isn't uh, severely hurt and she's still alive and, you know, she's probably going to be okay or back to normal pretty soon. Um, but you don't know that during that process and you don't have that, that emotional space to, well, you could, but then you'd be ignoring Ginny, right? So your gut instinct was not to do that, which probably makes sense (laughs) to console your daughter. Um, and so that's even adds more to the, the, the difficulty of that whole situation.
1: Yeah, and you know, having not really seen anything and not really being there, it was it was pretty difficult. Right. And I think, and, and I think for for Tess too, right. when she you know when she came out there, right. I think when Tess came out there, she was saying that, you know, like she was crying because obviously the the, the shock of it all,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then Jenny started to cry because everyone else was crying, and then you know, Tess was telling me that. Ginny was saying, Mommy, Mommy, don't cry. Mm-hmm. You know, again, still, Ginny was in shock. Wasn't really... Like, I think at that point, Ginny had no idea necessarily what was happening. Only that, you know, there was like, Lucy was red because there was a lot of blood, right? Yeah, yeah. And then she was she's reacting to everyone crying. Mm-hmm. And then all Ginny wanted to do was like, Probably not cry. So she was telling mom to her mom to like, hey, please don't cry because it's you know. And again, hearing, I'm I'm hearing right. this all secondhand through through text, right. you know. Right, right. So there's just that helplessness of just like, oh my god, like. And I mean, I don't even know what I would have done if I was there at the time. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was it. Was pretty it was a it was a rough sunday for sure well
0: oh, way way w- much more than rough sunday
1: yeah but you know thankfully everything is is okay lucy seems to be for the most part normal we're not quite sure um how the nerve damage on her on the like the right side of her face is going to going to heal like i think she's like um, having a hard time blinking or closing mm-hmm. her her eye completely but the the vet says that you gotta wait a few weeks to kind of see but you know thankful that it wasn't any worse so right right you know
0: yeah well yeah th- thankfully for the most part I re- he she's fine and yeah i like jenny was dealing with it as well as she can
1: yeah and you know uh, the timing wise you know it's probably pretty good because you know she's she's just she has distractions now like she started school on tuesday she's got another class right. you know she has tuesday it's tuesdays and thursdays so you know we can keep her distracted with kind of new things so you know, and now that Lucy's, Lucy's back home, maybe it's not gonna be uh as as big of a right of a thing for her. But, you know, I, I'm sure it's gonna be something that will be kind of itched in her memory, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What about you? Would you do you have any dead moments? <laughs>
0: Definitely nothing heavy.
1: <laughs> thank God.
0: Um, yeah, thank yeah, for sure. Um, we so we actually got Malcolm tested for some um, allergies, even though he's less than one, uh-huh. because we've uh, he's already had some bad reactions in terms of inflammation to right. some foods mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. didn't know. Um, so we just got those those responses back the great thing is that we, we thought that he was sensitive to tomatoes which um makes sense but he's not based on the the test so that makes me really just happy because spaghetti for a long time was my favorite food mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the fact that i couldn't i wouldn't be able to share that with him for a long time kind of would kind of suck You know yeah um and so you know he has milk and nuts are his main or peanuts are his main ones that are particularly sensitive to and eggs so that's fine we could those are things that are totally avoidable um not that tomato isn't but uh from a sharing favorites kind of standpoint that would have um that opens it up i I mean i wasn't heartbroken or anything like that but it's cool to kind of get that test back and go oh cool i can actually have spaghetti with him and stuff right right um so yeah nothing nothing too heavy the other oh the funny thing with him too is that this past saturday we went to go get him get blood drawn so that he can get the allergy test Uh uh-huh and they had to basically stick him two times, one in his left arm, one in his right arm. Uh-huh. And neither time he cried. He just basically stood there or sat there. I was holding him. I held down one arm and they stuck him. And he was just staring at it.
1: <laughs> Dang. I'm like,
0: all right, that's my son. Cause it's like, I'm, I don't have a thing for, with needles. Like other people do um, mainly because I think, cause growing up i had asthma and i would get tested regularly for i don't know some kind of levels in my blood or whatever and so i've i've grown comfortable with needles where i'm not scared of them and it's just one of those things
1: well there's like, i mean hey. there's there's definitely being scared of them and there's there's the the pain part too like does yeah. he does he cry when he gets shot? No
0: he does he does cry when he gets shots but i think it's more when the medicine gets injected cuz then there is a you that feel, feel yeah, you feel the, yeah, that that yeah. sensation
1: you know it was weird with with ginny she there was one appointment that she really knew what was up when when the shots came mm. like she for most of the her appointments, obviously, you know, the nurse comes in, she'll cry when she gets shots, but there was one specific appointment and maybe it was like the year and a half or or maybe it was the year where, you know, she went through the exam and then when they do the shots at the very end, when the nurse came in with that little tray, she got like really freaked out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um yeah it was uh it was interesting because we weren't sure like oh does she even remember this thing but right right yeah she definitely knew something was up when this little woman came in yeah yeah man go malcolm yeah i know it's so
0: the other thing i was going to talk about and it, it, we should probably just more wrap up is 14.2 left Igadala has it all they have to do is get it across half court. Kevin Durant takes it to the timeline. The Warrior bench celebrating. Durant with five seconds will dribble it in. The Warrior bench all over the floor
1: with 3.4 to go. Both benches up. Danny Crawford, confusion here. They're going to run the clock off. The road to redemption has brought the Warriors back home. The Golden State Warriors are the 2017 NBA champions.
0: I just want to shout out the Golden State Warriors for doing the thing.
1: Doing the thing.
0: It was always, it's always cool to see the the team that you are really connected with from a sports standpoint being able to share uh, you know being the humans that they are sharing special moments with their kids so seeing Javale with his daughter. Yeah seeing Matt Barnes' kids that are um, really into it. And, you know, there's that picture from, I think it might have been Halloween a couple of years ago where one of them dressed up in a Curry jersey and not his jersey. Right, right. Um, and then seeing Riley and... Um... Ryan. So that was definitely cool. And I was thinking, like, is, is there anything I'm ever going to do <laughs> that this simultaneous celebration for some accomplishment that i made that malcolm would also be able to enjoy on some kind of crazy visceral way um and probably not
1: (laughs) right but you know even still though like for example uh, i went to the giants 2010 uh Mm. the the parade Mm -hmm. when they won the world series Mm -hmm. and i saw so many kids that were there that were pulled out of school just for this once in a lifetime event yeah first ever world championship baseball world championship parade in san francisco you know like you're gonna grow up and that's probably gonna be a Lasting memory for these kids who got pulled out of school, right? Like, that's that's pretty awesome. But you know, thinking of my kids, Ginny and Ellis, and how much of a pain in the ass it was to get around Mm -hmm. that day.
2: Yeah,
1: man, I, I I can't see myself going to the parade. It's it's tomorrow. I mean, I'm not going because I can't anyway, but yeah. like, even if I was available, would I yeah. want to subject my kids to that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, the... shoot, I
0: can, we, we, we live in Oakland, so it's, we could walk to the the parade and find some kind of comfortable That's spot true. if we left That's early true. enough. Yeah. But on a selfish tip, I do not want to deal with crowds. Yeah. As much as it's fun to be able to see see the team and have them celebrate but I'm like you know for the most part you'll be standing around for hours, five hours, hours and then when you pass you in a parade yeah. it'll be yeah. an hour or so of of the those rides and I couldn't even imagine having Malcolm stuck right there
1: he, so you know, I think you know why though. Might go but I'm
0: not I'm definitely not gonna go yeah
1: because we're we're not real fans. That's why. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Obviously. We're, we're just because we don't go fans. to parades. Okay. Yeah, we don't go to parades.
0: Even though, like the, even if the, the lunch is two blocks away from my office, I'm not gonna go because I'm not a real fan. <laughs> I was just, I'm just there to see. I don't know to catch a catch a gift certificate for chipotle or something
1: well you know maybe when they move into the san francisco arena and we win a championship then maybe i'll go to that maybe i'll go to that parade it's closer
0: <laughs> yeah no this is i could get definitely get there in time and get a good spot at the beginning spot but i'm like i'm just gonna hang out at the office because
1: just just, just stream it on uh, yeah. right nbc Yep. yeah so, you know, going back to your uh your comment about kind of seeing the players' kids mm-hmm. you know and and the the players celebrating with their kids, mm-hmm. you know it seems like I've noticed with this warriors team that the the kids are way more involved like obviously there was a couple of years ago in twenty fifteen when really? the twenty fifteen um season when like riley curry like stole the show or whatever right she upstaged yeah. on everyone on the uh during the press conferences but like you know even through this year there'd be like pictures posted of uh like zaza Pachulia's kids and mm-hmm. matt barnes's kids during the in practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and like that's that's pretty cool like if you're part of yeah. an organization that's kind of cool with that and very welcoming that's that's pretty dope
0: yeah yeah and that's part of the when you think about organizational structure and things that are that help engender your employees to a larger goal
1: yeah
0: it doesn't have to be obviously it's not basketball but just in any kind of industry yeah uh, being welcoming to some important parts of their life like family yeah um, absolutely adds to that commitment that they have to each other but also to the whatever that overarching goal is right because i can imagine let's say like if the organization sucked and their culture sucked and said no you're not allowed to have uh your kids here because we're we're too close to the playoffs right. you guys need to focus
1: need to focus yeah you know it was interesting i think i was listening on to one of the podcasts it must have been the the basketball analogy formerly true hoop pod um Mm -hmm. where they were talking about how the oracle arena press conference is set up that um you basically have to walk through the the family area before you get to the press conference right and i think they were saying that the that the warriors do a really good job of just welcoming families and guests and whoever in that area so like right. as the press is walking by they're they're interacting with you know Draymond's mom and uh right. KD's mom and Steph's family and you know all that stuff and probably I'm sure that like, the kids are probably there too yeah but yeah mm-hmm. man go doves redemption
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs>
1: Wait, do you think though, it's funny because I was having this conversation with, um, uh, Patricio during lunch. Um, he's a director of the, of the film that I've been working on. And, uh, he's a guy I'd actually want to give a shout out to because he just recently became a dad, huge Mm. comic book nerd, um, loves transformers. He's a, one of the kind of geekiest dudes that I know. And, um, one of also the most prolific, like filmmakers that i know and if you uh are in any way familiar with kind of the filipino-american creative scene then you've probably heard of patricio janelsa but Mm -hmm. um anyway shouts to him because uh he is shooting his feature film and Mm -hmm. he's got like a Uh, a pretty young son, maybe less than a year old or maybe around a year now. Mm -hmm. And, um, to be able to kind of go on this journey of producing and directing a film in the middle of, uh, being a dad, shouts to him, that's kind of inspirational. (laughs) Uh, uh, you know, maybe it'll help light a fire under my ass, but, um, It's funny. So I was talking with him and, uh, you know, I think, uh, a few episodes ago we had talked about, Remember, man, if we weren't such sports fans, we'd probably be way more prolific or, you know, be able to do way more stuff. Right. Right. So I asked him that question I was like, Hey dude, like, how are you so prolific when you're as into sports? He's like, he's, he loves the Giants, loves the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Niners too. Um, But he's like, what do you mean? And I'm saying like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, (laughs) does it investing all this time watching baseball games and basketball games and like being fully invested in playoffs? Doesn't that like, doesn't take, doesn't that take up so much time? And he's just like, I don't know. It's just, that's just what I'm into. And he, he didn't really see the correlation between the time that you're, Using to consume sports, he doesn't see that as a as a kind of a distraction from being creative for him. Yeah, right. And then I kind I think it clicked for me that it's like, oh, he's just wired that way, right? You know, and not everyone is. So right. Shouts to that guy.
0: Well, maybe he's writing and editing like at three o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> maybe. But he's also got a kid to take care of. Yeah. And, he, and I know he's definitely doing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think it, it's p- probably possible that there are some people who are just so driven um, with for their passion or with their passion. Right. That they That it doesn't even occur. For me, right. though, I'm just like, man, it's a good thing the Giants suck because then maybe I can <laughs> do some stuff this summer or something, you know? Right. Right. I'll have some time. I don't have to watch every damn game. Um, but. Yeah. It's, it's actually been cool being able to work on this, uh, short film. I'm not doing a ton on it. I'm just, uh, I'm just working on like on the lighting, lighting crew. But, you know, it's been a while since I've kind of worked on a kind of a passion project. Mm hmm. And, you know for these passion projects usually there's not a lot of money in it so people are doing the work because they're basically hungry or they be- they either believe in the project um, are kind of green so they're trying to build up some experience um, or they're a friend of you know they're, they're a friend of the producers or the directors or whatever mm-hmm. so uh, so for me I i fit into two of those those categories (laughs) right um but yeah it's kind of like you kind of get to feel the energy uh and you get to feel the passion of those who are trying to put this thing together with basically almost no money and you know everyone's trying to work hard and um you see that hunger and it's inspiring you know yeah and so you know Hopefully it's uh, something that's going to light a fire under my ass to get a little bit more creative.
0: Yeah. And hopefully it's a, uh, because the, the grind is what it's, it's a commitment more than, than episodes of inspiration. Right.
1: That's true. That's like, true.
0: The, it's, a, it's a good, it's great to have that fire. It's a spark to jumpstart the process, but the, uh, the, the creative process is driven by, or I guess the the product is driven by consistency in the grind, not like having to do it every day and every hour, but being committed to it and being committed to yourself, right? Since that's a uh, a value to you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it. I would say this podcast definitely helps, like just even just doing this and talking about the stuff that we consume on a critical level yeah, um, does really kind of get a different part of the mind moving. Um, you know, which is great for me <laughs> because yeah. otherwise it's just like trying to figure yeah. out what, you know, what, what kid songs <laughs> will, you know, will be best for Alice or something you know right but yeah it's been good
0: cool should we wrap
1: let's wrap this up man cool all right so that will do it for this episode of the Papa Culture Podcast uh it's this is Anton I'm John don't forget you can catch us uh on iTunes Google Play uh what was that other one Pocket Cast Pocket Cast. Mm -hmm. and we'll catch you next time go dubs that's right 2017 champs hashtag sorry not sorry nope